Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a podcast for women who are chasing epic and everyday adventures on their bikes. We are a production of Live Feisty Media and hosted by Christy Moan and Katherine Taylor. Catherine, <laughs> did you do your voice like that because the recording in progress thing and we're still re- yeah it was it was still going there recording in progress um how are you I'm good I'm good I'm um I rode my bike with a friend that I made in our uh women gravel cyclist Facebook group this weekend so that was really fun and um discovered that they we actually were riding on a trail just because neither one of us know the area that well yet and um I needed to help take care of my niece a little bit over the weekend, but they have all these like drive-through coffee things right off the trails here. It's amazing. Oh, nice. That's fun. Yeah. And then bars and stuff. We're like, we could like make a day of this. Like you could go out and have breakfast, lunch, and then go to the bar. Nice. So yeah. Yeah. And, and it was cold. Like it was cold when we started writing. So this Atlanta girl is so happy to be out of the heat. Good. That's awesome. Well, good. I'm glad you got out for a ride. That's rad. Yeah. How are things in Emporia? Um, great. They're really good. We just, uh, we've got loon, the lunar ride coming up and that's about half full. I love that little event because we do that night ride and then we launched women's camp yesterday. So, um, I saw that. Did it sell out yet? No, uh-uh. it's, it's always a little slow. Um, and that's okay, but we have like three or four signed up. We keep it small. It's not a big camp. Um, do they get a guaranteed spot? Yeah. Into Unbound if they do the women's mm-hmm. camp. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, oftentimes if they're coming, then we make sure their husbands get into. So it's kind of a, a little double bonus like there. Family insider. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, that's, we're trying to make it accessible, but, um, women's camp is just, I just love it. Oh, I it's wish I could come. Fun. We have a feisty event that weekend. It's really good. And, um, you know, if anybody has any questions about it, please reach out. So, um, Rachel talks about a little bit, one of our guests on the podcast. I know I was super excited about, uh, we have to like jump right into the podcast. We talked for a long time on the podcast and it's so good. Like we finished and I was like, that was so fun. Um, favorite podcast so far. So you've said that a lot though. Because but that's a, that's a good thing. <laughs> because everybody's get, stories are so good. It's, yeah, you get going and you're like, oh, that one's that one was really good. Yeah. That was fun. But so. we have we don't typically have two guests, and we had um, Rachel Wills and Cynthia Frazier who completed the Unbound 350. Yeah. Um, and we got and there when we started talking to them before the podcast, they were like, we're not pros. We're just your average gals who ride bikes. Um. And they met like, well, they'll hit the whole story, but they yeah. live on opposite sides of the country and they met through cycling and have become like best friends. So they really, because they spent so much time together, they were just really seamless in telling a story. Like sometimes it's awkward when you have two people, mm-hmm. but they just are such good friends. So no, think- it's, it's good. It's a good one. And they're both really great people. So it's fun to, it's fun to get to showcase what they, what they accomplished. Yeah. They do a lot in the gravel community, but we really only talked about the, the, um, XL and their experience, like getting ready for it and all the funny things that happened along the way. Um, 
And so, and then at the end, Cynthia was like, so nobody's ever going to do this event. (laughs) (laughs) But I will like, I will point out that they started training in March. (laughs) With a lot of miles in their legs. With a lot of miles in their legs. Years and years and years of training. Yeah. yeah. And they, they're also already thinking about doing it again. So, yep. Um, But anyway, so we'll just go ahead and pop on to our interview with Rachel and Cynthia. Christy, do you know one thing that I'm really sick of? What is that? All the freaking trends and they're coming out in wellness. Like, Ethan, uh, avoid that. I don't even yeah, know where to start. Uh, yeah, I don't know where to start. I don't know who to trust. Yeah. But we have a new sponsor that I'm pretty excited about. Have you have you yes. done your setup? Yeah, I'm so stoked. Yeah. So Inside Tracker is our new sponsor, and they're going to cut through all the noise, and they're going to analyze our blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. And then we get personalized, science-backed, trackable action plans for how we should eat, age, we need that, and perform better. I know. I'm excited. It's The cool thing about it is it's, it's cheaper, and it's way more convenient than the traditional blood tests. Um, they include biomarkers that are key to performance. So, so information that we're not getting from traditional blood tests. Um, and I think my favorite part is that they're not just going to give us the data, but they're providing us with nutrition and lifestyle tips to help us take action and cut through the noise. Yes. I love that. Cause I feel like whenever I go to the doctor and I get blood tests, I have no idea what to do with them. Right. Exactly. Yep. And I don't, they don't apply to like whatever I'm doing. Um, and the good news is because they are a sponsor of the podcast, all of you all get 25% off their entire store. You just go yes. to insidetracker.com slash girls gone gravel. Change is an inside job. Start on the inside. Nobody um, else. Hi, Catherine. Hi. <laughs> One day How we're going to get our stuff together again after our podcast break. I'm not worried about it. I think we're just going to roll with it and it's going to be great. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, we have a full house on our Zoom today. I know. I'm so excited. Yeah. I've been trying to get these women for quite a while and they've been busy training for a little event. <laughs> for a little event. They've pedaled their bikes 350 miles through the Flint Hills of Kansas. <laughs> yeah. And we've already dubbed this podcast, The Big Dumb Ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. Well, we're excited to be joined today by Cynthia Frazier and Rachel Wills. So welcome to the podcast, ladies. Thank Happy you. Be Glad to be here. I think we need to in- have them introduce themselves so we can recognize their voices. Yeah. So tell us who you are, just like a little bit of how you got into cycling and then where you're from. Because you guys, you women live on opposite coasts, but you're BFFs. Mm. So I'm, and you train together for this event. So I, we have so many questions. <laughs> We're basically the East coast and West coast version of each other. (laughs) I'm Cynthia and I live in Virginia and, um, I got into bikes when I was in college. I, I was a swimmer runner, wanted to do triathlon and then eventually was like, ah, swimming and running sucks. And now I just ride bikes. So that's me. (laughs) I love it. And my best friend is Rachel, who is. (laughs) I'm Rachel Wills. Uh, I live in Oak Harbor, Washington on the West coast and, I got into bikes in 2007, eight. Um, I was a swimmer through college, did the whole triathlon thing. And then like Cynthia stopped liking swimming and, and running. So just became a cyclist. Oh, we all have that in common except for Christy. Yeah, not, not here. I've done one triathlon. So I have done a triathlon. One You're not missing much. Yeah, <laughs> once a triathlete, always a triathlete. Uh, I, no, Rachel, I don't agree with that statement. <laughs> Actually, I had a conversation with Vic Brumfield at Unbound, who is, um, she works with USA Triathlon and she thinks gravel triathlon is going to become a thing. Oh my God. I mean, that's like basically like Xterra. Yeah. You know, but you know what? Like they're all really, really bad swimmers. And because we all swam, like I swam all growing up too. We could do really well at this thing. Hey. Because, because then we don't have to worry about anybody passing us on the mountain bike trails, which is what is stopping me from doing Xterra because mm-hmm. I know I'd be out of the water really early. And then I'll be like, crap, everybody's mm-hmm. passing me. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of part of the language. language. I, I don't understand. So. <laughs> okay. How did you all meet? Yeah. That's what I want to know. Uh, that's a great question. 
Um, Rachel might remember better. I, I have bad memory on things like this. I, we met at some sort of bike race when we raced on the road. We used to do crits and, um, but what we, so the short long and the short of it is the team that I was on, which is now is called the Locio Explorer. Rachel's also on the team. We were a, a road and criterium team and we raced all the big USA crits and, you know, UCI road races and things like that. And I, the owner and I were tired of bike racing like that and decided that it was a good idea to transition it into gravel. And so 2018 or 19, he was 18. 18, we, 19, we, we made it a gravel team. Okay. And I called up Rachel, actually didn't really know her at all. And I was like, Hey, you've done gravel. Do you want to be on the team? <laughs> and she was like, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> She's like, I'm too cool for that, basically. And then eventually uh, we, we were able to, I, I don't know how or what changed her mind, but she joined the team. And then ever since then, the rest is history. I convinced her to do big dumb rides with me. Anything you want to say, Rachel? No, we, we met uh, in the, on the Criterium scene. Um, I was on a Chicago composite team that was started by this woman, Daphne Karajanis, and she was on Cynthia's team. Um, so it was, I was always aware of that team and I always looked up to them um, and was really inspired by the, the team at the time and um, just racing alongside them and, and against them um, kind of always, you know, saw that as like a, a pro team that I would never be able to join because I wasn't fast enough. So um, when they kind of transitioned away from the road to gravel, um, I was, I did, I initially didn't totally turn it down, but. They had some sponsors that were um, <laughs> competing to what I was currently riding and I worked at a bike shop. And so I felt a conf conflict between my profession um, as a bike fitter and, and joining the team, but we made it work. And I'm so glad they invited me and asked me to be on it um, in 2018. And, and I'm happy to still be here. Did you guys meet in Chicago then? Probably or Tour of America's Dairyland or, you know, oh, okay. many crit scenes that happen in the Midwest. So, mm -hmm. you know, long, long, well, short races, but long days of racing, 10-day race series and stuff. So mm -hmm. you're kind of always around the same type of people in that small community. So pretty much everyone knows everyone. Mm -hmm. Cynthia, where are you from originally? Uh, I am, uh, I'm from Northern Virginia, Arlington, right outside okay. D.C. Okay. And you, Rachel? I'm from northern Minnesota, a really small town, three hours north of Minneapolis, close to the Canadian border. So truly, bike racing is what brought you guys together. Yeah, bike definitely. racing formed best friends forever. Absolutely. <laughs> and Rachel, your husband, is he military? Do I yeah, know that yeah. from stalking you on Instagram? Yeah, so exactly. that's how you ended up out in Washington State. Yep. We were initially in San Diego. So Cynthia and I actually, fun fact, we both lived in San Diego at the same same time and did not know each other. Oh. We worked at a competing North County shop and I worked at a, at a shop um, in San Diego proper. Um, and we have friends in the same circle and we never actually ended up ever meeting each other until it was like destiny. We were supposed to be friends. The world was like trying to push us together, but we <laughs> it took a couple more years. <laughs> so yeah, I lived in San Diego for like eight years, moved to Chicago. He was a boot camp instructor there, you know, kept racing. And then now we're in Washington state. So nice. Amazing. And I'm going to make Rachel go ride with me when I get in shape enough to ride with her. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You can't you Rachel is training for long soul rides. You just ride slow forever. <laughs> really trying to find, figure out if I could get in shape enough for SBT on the Peloton bike. I bet you can do it. I bet Global. you'll have a better day than me. Probably. 20, 20 minutes a day. Because <laughs> um, I don't know where to ride yet, really yet. And like getting out in the middle of the like week. I went over the weekend. Anyway, long story. We'll see. Anybody that sees me at SBT, if I do a fantastic, I did it on the Peloton bike. <laughs> if I suck, it was the Peloton bike. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do want to ride together sometime. Um, so, okay. So then... The gravel team started in 2018 and then did you, you both have done unbound 200 before, right? Yeah. So, so did you for yeah, sure? I, I did it in 2018 um, and 2019. So 2018 was my first year 
there. Um, and the goal was just to finish. And then in 2019, I kind of came back and wanted to beat the sun. I went to the women's DK or unbound women's camp um, in between those two efforts and learned a lot and got to really meet Christy for real in real life and had an amazing experience, um, which I totally credit to coming back the next year and stepping up my game. Um, and then having the having Cynthia there in 2019 was was pretty amazing as well. So I got to experience the finish line. She was there before me and it was it was a pretty emotional experience. So definitely bonded by that. Also bonded by the fact that I signed up like a month before I got a transfer entry into it. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Tell me everything. <laughs> I was like, you need this, this, and this. This is what's going in all of these packs. This is how you're gonna do it. My husband's gonna help you. We got the aid station figured out. <laughs> It was a lot of trial by fire by like learning and in a very short amount of time, she put in some good panic training and totally crushed her first real gravel race. Well, I guess her second real gravel race, but Unbound was was a pretty big step up from her, you know, 45, 50 minute criterium. Hmm. Yeah, that's a change. That's a change. Yeah, it was. Way more fun though. So much more fun. (laughs) Oh yeah. I love that finish line too, so. Hmm. But it's a good one for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so this year, what were you both signed up for for 2020 before the pandemic? Had you been signed up for the XL or were you? Yeah. I know what you, yeah. I know your story, Rachel. <laughs> In 2020, we were both signed up for the 200. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And I deferred my entry to, to 2021. And I think Cynthia... I actually canceled my entry because I, I started a business and I was like, what if I have a wedding that day that I need to film? And so I was really worried about having a client and like, not sure pandemic, everything. I've just freaked out. So yeah. I, I wasn't signed up for anything. I was like, well, I signed up a month before last time. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe it'll happen. And it actually did. Cause I didn't, I don't, I didn't sign up for 350 until I don't know, m- March. It was, I had a, we had a, um, a sponsor that I was able to sign up through. Okay. And so I signed up. Yeah. Mid, I, I basically, Oh, actually you know what it was. Rachel and I were together. We went to death Valley with one of our teammates, Lauren to just ride. We were originally going to do a bike packing trip, but then it snowed where we we're supposed to ride. So In San Diego, couldn't yeah. do that. What was that called again? The, um, stagecoach, the stagecoach. Oh, stagecoach. Yeah. 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 During the time but, when we wanted to do it, it snowed and it San snowed. Diego, so we, so we went to death was- Valley and suffered very much. I was so out of shape. It was probably good. We didn't do that bikepacking trip because I would have held everyone back. Uh, but I was like, Hey, Rachel, we're suffering right now, but you know what we should do? The XL. (laughs) I thought she she was crazy. Completely. She she thought about it for like five seconds and was like, okay, (laughs) it was, it was that easy. I didn't have to do any convincing. I was like, think about how much fun we would have. (laughs) She's like 30 hours of it. Yeah. She she convinced me of this as we had to be rescued by someone because (laughs) she ran out of water. We were in this huge, horrible headwind coming back on the pavement in Death Valley after getting totally kicked by the uh, washboard roads. We didn't think we were going to make it back to the van. Our teammate went ahead. Before darkness. Yeah. She went ahead to go get the van and we're just like, okay, we have to just keep going and going and we couldn't do it. And uh, I kept yelling at her to drink more water and she was having a meltdown. And then this truck, every car that passed us, we were like trying to wave it down. And then this truck finally stopped for us. So we got a ride back. <laughs> and more than just, we got a ride back. We got a ride to um, some scenic tourist spots with them and they gave us water and it was amazing. It was, they were, they were so it, it was the best. It was so good. So she's like, okay, we can't even do this like 45, 50 mile day. Like we failed completely that was like march 15th of this year we could not even handle a like four hour ride um and she's like want to do the excel and i'm like "Mm, okay (laughs) and i think the reason i said yes was um i would to be really honest i was very nervous for the 200 this year um just with more pros showing up and more world tour pros more speed at the front um i saw what that was like going from 2018 to 2019 um, and the pace increase in those first 40 miles. And in 2019, it was hard enough. And I was coming off like pretty decent fitness 
you know, with criterium legs and I was doing intervals and I was like actually training appropriately. And then pandemic happened and I only just did really long, slow stuff. And so I don't really have that like pop in my legs anymore. And so I was extremely nervous for how crazy the start of the 200 was and is, I mean, you know, everyone's reports looking back, it's like so many flats and crashes and craziness. And like, you know, you, the first turn onto the very major, um, like first two track, like real technical chunky stuff is like, I saw someone in 2019 and their like face was all bloody and it like, okay, I'm going to pull the shoots. I need to just chill and like have a like slower, more relaxed, like more able to like make a movement away from craziness happening. So, um, I think I, I, uh, looked at 2021, um, unbound with a little bit of deer in headlights. And so when Cynthia mentioned the 350, I was like, well, the start of that's got to be way slower. Like the, th- yeah. the 350 to be reasonable. <laughs> it was so fast. It was so fast. It was, it was such a lie. She lied to me. It was so hard. We went so fast. It was 90 degrees. I was dying. I had a giant burrito in my belly. I, my heart rate was 195 <laughs> for the first three Stop hours. Stop complaining. You had fun. <laughs> was, I was, I, I found her and I was like, we are slowing down. I, I need to eat. I cannot breathe. I can't even take in water. Yeah, the guys at the front and women at the front were seriously pushing the pace of the 350 this year. Mm-hmm. So it was, we needed to kind of chill a little bit to be able to finish. That was, yeah, that was insanity. And I think, I do think that there was a little bit of that like pent up excitement from mm-hmm. not being at a start line for, for uh, so long. Yeah. For so I'm, long I'm, that it was yeah. just like, ah. Yeah. Um, but it, that was crazy to watch those, to dot watch. <laughs> the dot watch. Yeah. I was like, what the hell are these people thinking? <laughs> well, the start was even crazy. Like I can't imagine yeah. how you couldn't have been amped up because like I was yeah. standing in the live tent. We had just interviewed Casey Armstrong. And so we were right in the live tent and like, it just like photographers are like in people's faces and like, I know I was like, like wow, I feel so like, special. Yeah, right. It actually made us feel special uh, <laughs> and overwhelming because like, like everyone, we hadn't really been around people. I mean, I work from home. I hang out with my cats all day long and I ride by myself. So um, it had been a long time since I'd been in a big gathering of people. You know, the airplane was the first time I'd really sat in a place with you know, I don't know, 200 people on an airplane or whatever, like that was already enough. And then, um, you know, just getting to Emporia was just a really magical experience and being reunited with the teammates and just having everyone together. And then I thought I wasn't going to see Christy before the start. And I was actually kind of getting really sad about it. <laughs> and then I saw her and I was like, yeah, I get a hug. And it just felt like that was it. You know, that- did I see your husband first. You put, you did the day before he's like, yeah. I saw Christy and she knew who I was and I don't know who anyone is. And that's <laughs> the story of my husband's life. It's these random people come up to him like, oh, you're Rachel's husband. And he's like, I don't know who you are. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yes, he, he did see you the day before he volunteered yeah. at registration. That was awesome. Okay. I, I have so many questions about the race, but before we get into that, like I, between March 15th, and the event, which was June, what day was it, Christy? June 4th, 3rd. Was the race was June. Uh, June 4th. Yeah. What did yeah. you do to train? <laughs> what did you do to get ready for 350 miles? Um, well, uh, that's a really good question. Um, I live around a lot of big mountains, not, not like Colorado mountains, but you could do a, a good, a bit of climbing. And so a lot of times, just like Rachel, I would just go out and ride by myself. Um, I, a year ago left my job and started my own business. And so I had, I had a, a lot of time right now, um, in the building phase. And so I actually like prioritized trying to go out and ride during the week when I had time and do big rides. Um, but it's really, it is really hard to prepare. There's not really like a set training schedule you can do. Honestly, I just, I remember Rachel being like, I'm kind of doing a build right now. And I was like, Oh shoot, should I be doing that? (laughs) Like just not really, not really sure. But a a couple of big rides, um, every month, like over a hundred and then, Oh, actually I did do something that was really big. I, I, I forget these things. Um, for me, I did a, a, and I had read actually um, online, um, somebody had said, 
to practice night riding. And I was like, I didn't even think about that. So I rode in a grand depart event from Harrisonburg, Virginia to Roanoke, Virginia. It's called the rock star and it's 250 miles, 200 and or 30,000 it's 250 miles and 30,000 feet of climbing. So it's a lot of climbing. Um, but it, it starts in the morning at seven and you ride through the night. So that's, that's what I did for the nighttime riding to practice. Um, and that was a big ride. So I did that, I think maybe in April. Yeah. Mid April. So up until that point, I was just trying to, I would go out and try and ride 80 or a hundred miles at a time, but nothing more than that. Cause right. I think once you get more than that, it's just, I mean, it's your body can only handle so many of those big rides. And as Rachel could tell you after our unbound effort, like our bodies were not the same still for like weeks and weeks after, um, the fatigue is so deep. So anyway, um, just like a, a good number of big, long rides that you're just, uh, you know, eating the food you would normally eat during a ride and, doing the same things that you think would work for like a really long time. That's sort of how I did it. I, I didn't get too per, super technical because for me, that takes the fun out of it. I don't enjoy it anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's why I stopped liking crit racing. Cause I felt like it was too calculated and long distance bike riding, especially on gravel or mountain bikes is very, um, freeing for me. So if I could just go out and say, I'm going to just ride, I think I'm going to do this 70 mile loop. But if I want and I'm feeling better, I'll do longer. But if I'm feeling not so great, I'll just cut it short kind of thing. Um, and that that really worked for me because it was more about the, more about the journey than, than anything. I, I, I felt the same way. I think the adventure of riding is is what's keeping me going. I, I too also got burnt out from the numbers and the, um, you know, performance uh, things that are training peaks is telling me how I'm doing and not doing. And and granted, I still have a little bit of, of looking back on that and it's more so to check in to be like, am I going to get sick tomorrow? Because my uh, TSB is like minus, you know, 48, like that's not good. You know? <laughs> so like uh, for me, the, the, the training came from back to back rides. I think um, in, in the past I've done, like I'll do a long ride on one day of the weekend and then, you know, maybe a shorter one the following day. But I think doing um, back to back long rides was my biggest Thing that I pulled from during the race was, um, so I do like a hundred mile ride and then the next day do a hundred mile ride. Um, so it wasn't like super, super long time on the bike, but tried to do a couple things like that. I rode to a race, did a race, um, camped, slept in the car that in, during the night, my husband drove the car down while I rode to it. Um, and that was in capital forest. That was a hundred mile race in like 14,000 feet of climbing and it was 40 wow. degrees and raining. So uh, it took me a really long time to finish that. And that was a lot of like mental anguish to finish. And so I, you know, using those things to, you know, in the moment it's terrible, but knowing that if you can finish and, and have that positivity, um, at the end, even though it was really dumb, um, you can pull from that in future times in your life. So, um, that's me kind of just getting, getting it done. Um, I rode to the velodrome a couple of times where my husband was racing, he would drive and then I'd ride back, um, road to Bellingham while he would do time trials. I kind of just like, like to make an adventure out of it, you know, knowing that I could have a gas station stop here and there and kind of like plan. What's your favorite gas station food? Oh gosh. The <laughs> new I, Rachel thing is rate my, uh, rate my gas station hall. Yeah. It, on Instagram, her, her, you got a tagger in it. Okay. I, I really like airheads bites and I, you know, if it's going to be a long day, I like a Red Bull, but um, most of the time it's Mexican Coke um ruffles is the biggest one i'm really hoping for a, a ruffles sponsorship better <laughs> and sour cream is the best they um, keep talking about trying to find non-endemic sponsors and i'm like you need to go into like a casey's gas station yeah and look at what cyclists are grabbing and ask them to be a sponsor exactly. <laughs> real exactly but yeah how Maybe about you cynthia the adventurous um mine is uh what do I like? I do. I'm a Mex I do like a Mexican Coke and, um, salt and or sour cream and onion chips. Typically that's what I go for. There's this company out of Pennsylvania called Martin's. Those are my favorite, but if I can get real food though, like a piece of pizza or something, or actually hold up, rewind fried chicken is the best. So if there's like a, oh, a drumstick or something, 
that's how I got through my DIY unbound last year is literally I, 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 my husband like met me and who I was riding with halfway and gave us fried chicken. And then I put it in my pocket and, and carried it for like the next 60 miles and then ate it. So fried chicken, <laughs> Your pocket that's my favorite gross. gas station hall. You had dogs chasing you. Like part of why this is important. If people don't know, like 300, the 350 is completely unsupported. So you, there's how many gas stations along the route that you can stop at? There was basically three pretty much that were like convenient, uh, easy, not super far off course. Um, but only two that we got food at. Um, which was basically mile 100 and mile. Oh, no, 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 wait, I'm, I'm wrong. There was three places you get food at 110 miles or 118, 220, and then 311. Um, we made a crucial mistake at one of those. The first oh. well, crucial mistake. We did not eat any real food at mile 118. And it was it was a major downfall for us. It was my fault. I take the blame because I was right. I basically, I rode ahead from Rachel and was like, I'll go into the store and get everything that we need. What do you want? And I went inside and she, she didn't, you know, we both were like getting our staples. So she wanted ruffles and we needed Gatorade and we also needed water. Um, and they were making food, but we didn't buy, I didn't buy any real food, like any like sandwiches or, uh, you know, they, they were actually cooking food and putting them in the bags. But at the time when I walked in, I couldn't imagine eating it. And I wish that hindsight 2020, I wish I had bought all of it because <laughs> we, we suffered so bad because of that literally mile 118, which was at like 1230 at night until mile two something two eleven, yeah. which was at 10 in the morning. I don't, I'm not sure. I remember the last six hours of that. Like I I was so hungry and so delusional. I don't even, when we finally rolled up to the place to eat, I was like, what's my name? I don't even know what we're doing. What are we getting? You know? Um, did you, did you rolling it back? We, before the start, we had lunch, like the 3 PM start is very weird. And I think maybe that's something that we should have practiced a little more like going to bed and then sleeping in yeah, um, going to bed later and then sleeping in later. But everyone was like, let's go to bed early. I'm like, I don't want to go to bed early. I need to sleep in. And then everyone was waking up and I was like, we need to be sleeping now. Um, so we, we had to eat something obviously. And so we got told to go to this taco truck, but we got told to go to a different one than we actually went to. We went to the one where like real workers eat at and it took forever. And then they gave us these giant burritos that were literally the size of our quads and they were huge <laughs> like it's just insane the, the amount of food I'm like well this is gonna be good like we need to eat this I just like in my head <laughs> thought I needed to have this giant burrito so I would have extra fuel for the ride and so I started the ride with like way too full of a stomach and then it was 90 degrees and then we're going so fast and my heart rate's 195 so nothing in my stomach is being digested properly and I feel like not good at all um, and so we get water at mile 40. Um, there, there is a gas station there. The line is super long. We just fill up water in the, in the parking lot. There's like bottles everywhere. There's ice we scavenge everywhere. There's water everywhere. It's like, there's ice that crazy. we just scavenge. People just left. We're like, sweet. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was definitely not what we were expecting. And there, there was a spout on the side of the gas station. He filled up with more water and rolled out of there, um, feeling like somewhat refreshed. I was already tired 40 miles in, like, this is not going to be good. Um, so then I wasn't really eating a lot because my stomach was so full. So I was kind of like picking up things here and there. And I was just like feeling not good. And then we get to that 119 at 1230 without really having like a ton of calories in. And Cynthia was in and I didn't go into that one. I just stayed outside. I was like stretching and talking to people and like deciding why my stomach still hurt and trying to like eat Tums and like then a car came through an intersection and smashed into a curb, went over the curb, smashed into a building that was like an old railroad building, and then tried to back out of there really, really fast. And it was clearly a drunk driver. And so we were very distracted by this occurrence. And so Cynthia's calling 911. 
trying to explain what's happening. Like we thought that someone was going to get hit, but you know, like cyclists in this race or just like little people in spandex with tiny lights. It's, you know, not super safe if there's drunk people out there. So anyway, we didn't eat enough. That was, that was the problem because we were very distracted and full, but not full. It was, it was crazy. So the night riding, um, was interesting. Um, it wasn't like scary. Um, it was just more like, you know, focused and, and really just focused on the dot in front of you with, with your, what your light was casting. And, um, so I think that that kind of like lulled us along. So we weren't really then thinking about eating again. <laughs> and then we laid down at the, the exit of, um, little Egypt. So the 350 goes the opposite way on that than the, than the 200. And so I was like, Oh, this is, this is it. We're here. And the little Egypt is like the most technical quote unquote technical part of the 200, but it was yeah. not the most it, technical. It part was of not the, the most technical of the three. It was the least technical part of the 350. <laughs> so we get to the top of that. We take like a four minute break. There's these two, um, pens of opposing bulls that are like looking like they're going to charge each other. They're like picking they up their foot and like scratching at the, at the ground. They're making terrible noises. We were totally freaked out. We didn't really sleep because we said we were just going to rest our eyes. So we're like, okay, fine, let's just get through this. And so we did it and we finished that. And I was like, that wasn't even that bad. Like, why does my memory have this vision of that being so terrible? And maybe it's because it's, you know, two years later and we're better riders. I don't know, but it wasn't that bad. Then we get done and we're like, I don't even, that was like four in the morning or five in the morning. Like it, it was, was like five twenty-five. the sun was coming up at that almost point. sunrise and the moon was rising and that was so gorgeous. And then from like that moment until we got to the 220 gas station at like what time? 10 30 a.m. I don't, I'm like, how did five hours go by? It felt like I don't, I lost that whole part of my life. So we lost that part of our life and we were in a deep, 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 deep hole. It, it was, was very deep. It was, it was really bad. We almost so, did not climb out of it. It, it took was a lot. Hard. How did, how did, how did you climb out of it? <laughs> we climbed fried out chicken. of it in, in a couple steps. First fried chicken. <laughs> Second, fried chicken. Yeah, the fried chicken was the we first thing. We didn't stop at the gas station. We stopped at the grocery store. Yeah, we went to a legit grocery store. I was, well, I, it was the, it was the first thing that we saw. And we were so deep in the hole that Rachel was like, this is the place we're going. We're just going here. They'll have what we need. Where, we went in the grocery store four times. We bought things four separate times. We walked in there. So delusional. Like <laughs> trying to find food. I mean, and grocery stores are not like places where you find pre-made food, really. I mean, like they are, but but they're, the only food, pre-made food they had was like fried chicken and French fries and something spicy that I couldn't eat. Yeah. Oh, spicy pickles. We accidentally bought spicy pickles. That was a huge regret. I mean, we were so delusional that we couldn't even buy food in a grocery store. That's how bad it was. Like <laughs> I couldn't even think about how to put together a meal in a grocery store. Cause I think that I, I hadn't ever gone to a grocery store like that, that cracked. Yeah. Like <laughs> you go to the grocery store when you're hungry, like, you know, you buy everything and you just know what you like and you go home and you eat all this junk food. Like it was so beyond that. I couldn't even like decide any, I couldn't make a decision and like, how, how do I have this decision paralysis going in here? So delusional, but we ate some chicken. Yeah. The fourth thing, we bought a bag of rice. Oh yeah. (laughs) And we sat outside and like tried to recover. It was not working. We laid on the ground and we have this amazing video. I, I started filming us and then I forgot I was filming and uh, we were, we're basically laugh crying. And every time I watch it, I, I just laugh so hard because <laughs> we were right. so deep. We were su- in such a deep hole. It, it, it is true to show how deep we were, but um, we eventually recovered or semi recovered and we were able to um, that at that 220 um, stop was near where the, the school was, where the um, 200 and 100 aid station at council grove i guess it was mm-hmm. anyway uh they they asked if we could go brian or the, the rachel's husband kyle was was there and and asked the judges if we were able to go and say hi and they said yes as long as we didn't take any aid so we brought our popsicles and like uh, some other random food that we bought a whole thing was, of thumbs and oh the fourth trip the fourth trip inside was for the thumbs but anyway we've almost finished a whole bottle in, in 220 oh, miles. God. Crazy. Um, 
but we ended up at the council grove aid station just laid on the ground and i told rachel i said you're not allowed to cry when i see kyle <laughs> when you see your husband you can't cry of course you cried i cried we but cried we laid, we there laid on the ground bit. and uh, and i held each other's hands we held hands i was like i don't think i'm gonna make it at this point i what was like in the the thought that i might need to quit because I was still so cracked from not eating like the, 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 the non or the, whatever, not having eaten had me in such a deep hole that I didn't even want to try and ride my bike. I was so sad at that time. It was hard. It was, I that was the lowest of the low of the whole ride. I think. Yeah. The, the, I mean, if you think about like when we finished regular unbound 200, you know, how tired you are and how hungry you are and how cracked you are. And like, we were already 220 miles in, we'd already ridden through the night. So we've already been up for like now a whole day plus, and then not eating like we would have in the 200 with like diligent students. So it was going to take a lot to get us back. I think the pop schools helped, um, you know, seeing them helped. We, uh, our mm-hmm. teammate was actually in the hundred. She would, she got to the tent at like the same time we did. So Britt was there um Kyle was there you know they were just like they didn't really know to think they didn't even say a lot to us I mean maybe they did and we're just delusional but they were just like my husband has said since since then he's like I didn't think you were gonna make it like I've never seen you guys look so terrible like I was (laughs) thanks Kyle (laughs) well he didn't tell us that during the race but he had you know he had faith because he knows us but he also had very little faith based on how trashed we were so it was, you know, already going to be noon by the time we left. So we literally spent almost two hours at this stop, um, trying to revive ourselves. So we, we kind of knew that like every goal that we ever had for this thing besides finishing was was like out the window. Like we wanted to go a certain time. We wanted to beat the sun the next day. Like all of these little mini goals that we had were just like gone shattered. Okay. So finish that is the goal. Can, is that, can that be a goal? Is it a realistic goal? So we're just like, we just got to get out of here. We can just, if we just get on the bike and start pedaling, we can decide how we feel once we're gone from this place, mm-hmm. because this place is just sucking us in, Yep, not getting any more energy. We just need to leave. Mm-hmm. It's too easy to quit here. Do you, yeah, if you all would have been doing it solo, do you think you would have quit? Um, Probably. I don't think either of us would have quit, even if we were solo, because <laughs> both of us, like, maybe <laughs> no, like, I'm to quit. I don't know. I mean, we I really mean, needed each other to get through, but I think at the end of the day, our personalities, and I think it's why we are such good friends, are that we don't back down from anything. So I think that that we would have both finished. It would have been a lot more sad. <laughs> it would have been a lot more solo sadness. Um, my but- mindset would have been, I've already made it this far, and now I know I'm going to finish the 350. Mm-hmm. I'd rather get it done knowing I've got this many miles under my, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Totally. You know, Cause I would have just been, I would have been coming back. And mm-hmm. so then that would have been the mental mindset that I would have gone to. It was like, no, you finished this damn thing. Cause you're not yeah. doing this again. <laughs> like, yeah, actually that was, that was probably, that was probably the reason we were like, we have we to finish did. because if we yeah, don't, no, then we, we have to do it again. We <laughs> yes. had this discussion. We're like, so many people are watching our dots right now. We're not moving. People <laughs> think we died. That was one discussion. Uh-huh. We had. Another one was like, how many people are we going to let down, including ourselves, if we don't finish a lot? Like we were really concerned about like, you know, we have to do this because we said we're going to do it. And if we don't, then do we have to come back? And do we want to come back as like non-finishers? Like, no. You have so much time to think about these things. It was so like, two hours to think about this, to contemplate our life decisions. So the I am dead, I am deader um, conversation mm-hmm. happened. And then we started rolling. Um, and that was a hot, hard part of the day, noon. Um, we were around a lot of hundred milers because the courses were just a little bit of overlap right there. And they were all suffering. Um, and I wanted to be like, you have no idea suffering. how much I'm suffering. Yeah. You were passing people that, that were suffering more than we were suffering, but we were suffering more. Like we just wanted to like we got mad the more people we passed. Like it wasn't motivating, it was demotivating. And then we ran into Brit and cause she had left the tent before us, got herself together much before us, we caught up to her. And then we decided we need to go pee. So we stopped and then Cynthia had a giant meltdown cause she had a slow leak. 
in her rear tire. And she was like really for her pee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had the fast leak. She had the slow leak. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, that was, that was, I think to me, that was the lowest moment we were with Brit. She was super happy and motivated and like just the best. And Cynthia almost quit. And then I was like, well, it's so hot. We could just quit right here. I think that that point though, actually, that was when I almost quit. I think at that spot right after council Grove, when, when we had left and I still didn't feel any good at all. Um, yeah. Rachel, it was interesting because we had opposite. We had a lot of times where we were both not on, we were like both really struggling, but we, we had opposite times of when one of us was like, we need to quit. And then the other person would be like, no, 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 we can't. And then we would switch. That was the main time where I was like, no, get back on your bike. We're going like, yeah, we we pumped this up. We're going, we're getting out of Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And then Brit pulled us for like, I don't know, probably one mile, but it felt like five miles. And (laughs) we were like passing people with a vengeance. And I was just like sucking her wheel so hard. I've never sucked a wheel in a gravel race so hard. Then I was just looking at her wheels and they was looking at mine. We were just surfing these, these 100 mile people. And it was just like really rejuvenating. Like that's really what got us going again. Mm -hmm. And then the courses converged and we had to say bye to her and it was a sad day. And then, you know, the rest is solo and alone and sad, but not really because I was with Cynthia. So we kept it going. How far was it for to the end from there? That was probably like mile 230. I mean, there was still some. Or less. Yeah. Like, yeah, we still had. And we, we literally still, if you think about the time at that point, we still had 13 hours left. <laughs> yeah, I know. Can you imagine? Like th- we were in the whole, the deepest hole ever. And we still had to ride the same time that most people did the 200. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it was a lot. And, and, and the thing is, is the course got harder too. There was like some sections that were uh, like very tall grass and very, um, like, uh, deep, uh, where wheels had been. And so, and, and, you know, the water had created these crazy small places where you could ride and you, a lot of times you'd be riding and all of a sudden you just kind of like almost fall over because you hit the side with your tire. And yeah, that was the grassy sections were pretty tough. Those were, I think, for Rachel, the most frustrating um, because it was just never ending. You just felt like you were going, it was four miles, I think. It and it took miles. like almost an hour and a half or something. No, it only took like an hour, but it um, felt like it took forever. And it was for an hour. It's still a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, we could have like, you know, a runner could have gone through there faster. Like, it yeah, was, we could have probably walked faster than we rode at some of those points. Yeah, it was, it was just brutal. And you just would look ahead and you only see like the rolling hills of Kansas. You cannot see the next turn. You can't see when the grass is going to end. It's just grass forever. And yeah, it was, it was. It's funny. Now we're talking and I feel like everyone's listening is going to be like, God, I'm never doing that. That sounds terrible. (laughs) Don't listen to anything we said. I promise it's worth it. No, I think, I mean, I think that Honestly, if you think it, if you really listen to this and you think it sounds terrible, you probably shouldn't do it. That's probably true. Actually, If you listen to this and you think, wow, that is an adventure that, you know, sounds (laughs) epic and I want to take it on. That's your 350 rider. Yeah, Yeah. Um, totally. You know, it's, it's legit. Um, and, and you shouldn't do it. Like every time we turned onto a road like that, we're like, what why 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 are these race directors so mean how did they find this how did they pre pre pre-ride this course with some sort of like farm implement to get through here there's no way like even a truck could drive some of those roads like when the trucks get flats uh i think there was a a van that was um following some racers and they got like four flats like Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's legit it's not a place for cars or bikes like or you know it's for cows it's for cows and farm farm equipment like it's it's so crazy out there I can't believe like someone just looked at a map and was like let's do this mm-hmm. and then saw it in real life and was like let's still do this well and you have to understand too like literally it had rained so much here beforehand there were a lot of those roads we didn't get to see like mm-hmm. you know when we're out course scavenging and mm-hmm. building the courses we're usually doing it in the fall yeah, so it's a lot different conditions that you face. And so when we're back out there scanning it, you're just like, wow, this is not what it looked like in November. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that last the whole time. November. 
It was a perfect course in November. <laughs> um, no, it's well, never perfect, but um, well, it is if that's what you're looking for. But anyway, yeah. Tell us about the finish line. What was it like coming down the finish line? Um, Rachel will describe it as very sad. I think. Yeah, it's so sad. I I had such magical experiences in 2018 and 2019. Um, at midnight in Emporia, they have to stop announcing so that the whole town doesn't totally hate them. And I obviously get that. Um, being a former race director myself and having to deal with all of the logistics of town rules and everything. But um, so Cynthia really thought we were going to beat the midnight clock. Um, and I knew we wouldn't. And then at the time that we turned on to another grass road, I was like, this is just sucking our average speed. We're never going to make it. My back is dying. My whole body's dying. So like I resolved to the fact that we weren't going to get there by midnight and we didn't. Um, and so we're, we're climbing up the hill going, um, into campus. And there was a couple 200 riders that were like racing us. Yeah, they were like sprinting. And we were like, I was still so delusional that I'm like, is this person in the in the 350? Like Cynthia and I were like concerned that for some reason, like we forgot that there was another woman that was out there. And it's not like we were like looking at the tracking or like seeing where anyone was. We didn't really have any idea what place we were in or like how many people were left out there. And so that was kind of weird. I remember crying coming up that hill both of the 2018 and 2019 years. And I just had no energy this time left and I had no emotion left just like I think I was just wishing for it to be over for so long because I was in so much pain that I didn't really have the elation coming into town like I normally would have um and so rolling down um commercial street and it being like quiet and not any music and not anyone announcing and like there were people there but it was pretty minimal um I remember my husband screaming like that was the one sound that I did hear um I think it was, we looked at each other, we held hands and, you know, we thanked each other for the journey that we just went on. And it was way more of a like internal, like this is, we did it. We, mm-hmm. we really, really did it. And we could feel proud and elated that way, but it was just so much less than the other years. But I think the start was so much more, um, mm, so much more yeah. energy that that made up for it, I guess. Like I thought back to that time and just like how long ago that felt like, Friday at 3 p.m. to then going Sunday at 12:40 a.m. It's like a whole craziness that happened in those 33 hours. You had the monk experience versus the rock star experience. <laughs> exactly. I was just excited. I called Rachel's husband Kyle like maybe 30 minutes or like an hour before, and I was like we want pizza. I'd like pineapple. Rachel wants whatever you wanted. I couldn't remember. And we were uh, giving him a very specific pizza order. We're like on this half, we want mushrooms and pepperoni. And she wants, you know, like we were ordering a half of a pizza for each other from the phone at mile 345 or something. It was hilarious. Glorious. <laughs> well, so he went to Domino's and he picked it up. It was I was cool. so sad. He said he went to Domino's and the guy, there was one person working there and he was so overwhelmed from working for like, I'm sure that guy worked a 24 hour shift or something. <laughs> and so he's like, couldn't even put together the pizza that we wanted. It was just cold pepperoni, hard pizza. We're like, this is terrible. That's like, this is not what we wanted. Dang it. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> okay so if somebody's thinking about doing that mountain 350 get your person to like get your food order yeah really yeah. early in the day and then yeah. heat it back up before you get there yeah yeah <laughs> this is the lesson from this yeah, watch the mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there were um so just for people to have some scope and christy you know the numbers better how many started 125 and then it was like 20 some women is that right 25 25 there are 20 women, 21, 25. I think we're on the, yeah, I think it was 25. And then how many people finished? 48, 43. Do you know how many women finished? Five, five. I was the last woman finisher. <laughs> we crossed the, the last three same time. finisher though. And we crossed the line at the same time. And, but I let her cross her wheel, like slightly in front of mine. And then the timing came back and my time was faster than hers. And I emailed the timing guy as, as like a side note, like may it re- let the numbers reflect that her wheel crossed the line before mine. 
And I don't know if it's because they did like the rolling start thing, like your time started. Cynthia went through the start no, line. No, it should have been. It should have been your maybe your timing chip got it got red first or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, she she beat me by you know a tire length. So wow. there you go. Way to go, Cynthia. Good job. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> but that's what you felt. I we agreed. I she we had no idea really what place we were in and if there was like a podium spot or something, which there wasn't really a podium at the end. It was you guys did it right. You crashed it. So now we get we to cra- we crashed the podium. Yeah, we crashed it. I was like, I, I rode my bike for this many hours, and technically we are on the podium. So I'm gonna make my own. We're gonna make it. <laughs> I love yeah. it. <laughs> we interviewed Lael uh, Wilcox uh, before the event, and she said she was really excited that there were 25 women starting, you know, but wants to see more women. So we got on. to talk to her after the race, um, yeah. the awards, and it was like she's like a huge inspiration and a, a really amazing woman um, and rider. And uh, we were talking to her about the course, you know, just general small talk, and we were talking about how hard it was. And she said that she thought it was three times harder than when she did it in 2019 and one. And <laughs> the fact that she said that is obviously like the day after effect or whatever, but her time was three hours slower than 2019. And she said, in her opinion, she felt like she was in better shape and better prepared this year. And, you know, she had done some of the course prior, prior, but the fact that more hard challenging roads were added and that it was seven miles longer and well 2019 we shortened it too because of some rain some rain mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. she did she just said that it was it, the whole the whole time out there was more challenging so that yeah. was like, I don't and know, you guys went like... you went the opposite direction right too so yeah there wow. were all kinds of things <laughs> in, in 2019 i do remember the 350 coming the opposite direction of the 200 and i we got to see some racers a bunch of times throughout the course so like in my mind i thought that was going to happen this year and then the times that we did see people we were going the same direction and they didn't realize like i wanted a big target on my back that said watch out i've been riding for two days please give me some space and some love and don't be so crabby that final like really big climb after the dam, um, everyone talks about it, but seeing that at night with all the lights lighting it up and like knowing you have to like, still get up it. And there were tons of people walking and I was like refusing to walk. I was like, I must ride this hill. And we have the gearing for it. both of us ride ceram mullet builds. And so I had a 52 tooth that I was gonna use every single one of those teeth. Um, to make it up that climb. And so I just remember like yelling, like I'm riding and people would like kind of move out of the way to let us have the good line. And it's just, it was interesting to have that perspective of like, that could have been me in the 200, but now it's, I have 157 more miles in my legs than you do at this point. It's just crazy to think about. Yeah. I still sometimes don't even believe that I did it. Impressive for sure. I'm really tired after listening to this. I was like, I kind of want a beer and I'm really tired. I'm trying <laughs> to this. I'm so like emotionally tied into your story mm-hmm. and all the things that happened. It's, yeah, it is, it is a physical journey, but it's definitely emotional. It's yeah. definitely a food journey. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a leg journey, but it's also a lot of heart. There's a lot. There's a well, lot and you have to think about it. Rachel and I spent 33 hours together and like, we still actually, we spent 33 hours together after we finished the next day. I took her bike home and then she two weeks later flew to my house to help me with the gravel race I was putting on and we were together for like almost two weeks so like we were just together nonstop, and she helped me basically set up and do everything for the race the week of so like we literally have spent so much time together and being able to be together for 33 hours I think is telling of like a friendship not that you need to go and do that with every one of your friends. No, but, you shouldn't actually. <laughs> I wouldn't advise it. But, it, you know, it was definitely like a, it was an experience for us together too, as two people, you know, like we know each other so well now that she knows when she knows when I need to eat food or, or like, I know when she needs a back massage or something like literally we're so close of friends now and we building up to it, we spoke a lot on the phone but we still, we live on the opposite side of the country. So it was kind yeah. of a cool, like you have to break, I think I, br- I break it down into like, well, yeah, we were doing this race and it was really cool, but we were just fostering our friendship as well, which I think is really special. Absolutely. I agree. I think it's awesome. So 
the ultimate question. Do you do it again? <laughs> Rachel, what's your answer? <laughs> I, I, I hope you can send me the footage of me saying F no at the, at the end. Um, there, there was someone who interviewed both of us at the end and, and I said, no, there's no way I'm not doing that again. That was dumb. The race directors are masochists and that was evil. <laughs> um, and then Cynthia got interviewed and she said, yeah, and I'm going to come back and win. And my face, I turned and looked at her and I was like, <laughs> who are you? You're a crazy person. How is this? Like, no way. And like, I've done hard things. I've, you know, I've done Ironmans and I always said I'd never do it again. And then I did another one. And like, I don't know, I think um, the, in the heat of the moment, you can never make the ultimate decision. Right. But um, I, I think that we both would come back. Um, and we would never do the 200 again. Yeah. I would only ever do the 350 or I, See, and I want to do the 200 again. I want to do the grail thing. And, you know, I, I just love Emporia so much that I, I think that my journey there will never really end. And so, you know, whatever I do every year um, is going to be kind of based on how that year's going or, you know, what, what the motivation or the drive is, or if there's someone else who like wants, thinks they want to do it. One of my other friends that wants to go on this journey with me, I'd happily take someone else along. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think I'd do it again. Well, we, because there's so many things that would change because we messed up so yeah. many things oh. that like we both can have a better experience although you can both have a worse experience as well which is also there's so many things that can go wrong in that amount of time and mileage but there's so many things that can go better too I was I was talking to Amanda Nauman it was pretty funny because did you watch her video where she goes in and just throws the 20 down on the counter because she doesn't yeah, I didn't good. do that that's amazing it's so amazing hilarious and like, I watched that part of the video and then Tim and I were driving back from somewhere and I went into the gas station. I'm driving a van. I go into the gas station and there's a big long line and I have like two iced teas and I literally look at the 20 in my hand and I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm not going to Amanda now in this. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm ready to throw my 20 down and be like, just keep the change. <laughs> Oh. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I feel like yeah. in Kansas, maybe they're like, these are crazy cyclists. It's cool. Oh, Wherever you are, Christy, they'd be like, oh. I think I heard that the person that was working at the store, I heard this from one of the photographers. They said they went in and they told them what was going to happen. And they're like, what are you talking about? And it was their second day on the job. And so <laughs> they didn't even know how to run the cash register at the first one. That's why it took what? so long because the person didn't even really know how to do their job. These people and were so, all talked to beforehand, or at least the owners of it had been so talking to them. And I'm sure the owner put the new person on because no one else wanted to work. Like, <laughs> that, that would be the first they would put on. Uh, oh, it was so great. That's really great at it. You're gonna be really great at the cash it'll, register. It'll be so great. Just angry people in spandex just throwing money and sweat at you. It's gonna be a great time. Uh, and maybe some snot and probably some puke. Yeah, or like the guy who broke his arm at the second gas station. He made the attendant like clean up his wound. Like even put bandages on it. I'm like, these people really, it's like it's kind of an alternate alternate universe that we roll ourselves through yeah. for that amount of time. It's <laughs> nice that people are so tolerative of how crazy we are. Yeah. Well, we better end this or it's going to be 350 minutes of talking. <laughs> I know. I know. Are we going to see you all at uh, SPT? It sounded like that. We, yeah. Rachel's, Rachel's doing. I kind of for lead vote. So She's those then. Mm-hmm. Um, well, awesome. Well, uh, tell everybody before we go where they can follow your adventures on social media. Sure. Um, my, this is Cynthia. My Instagram handle is Watt Wagon. It's, so it's W-A-T-T underscore wagon, W-A-G-O-N. And um, Rachel, what's yours? My Instagram is Rachel A. Wills, R-A-C-H-E-L-A-W-I-L-L-S. I also write a blog. So I did write about this crazy journey, which it did take me a two-part installment. Um, it's swimmerint1.com. I have my old triathlon blog still going and I mostly have that for my mother um, so she can follow on my crazy adventures. But yeah, swimmerint1.com. Awesome. Well, we'll link it in the um, show notes. So people yeah, be sure to read blog. it because there's a, uh, you could read it too, but there's a, in there, there's a video, the video of us, like literally cracked out of her minds, laugh crying in the second blog. Um, it's really funny. 
I haven't gotten to see it yet, so I'm excited. Oh my gosh, it's so good. You gotta I, watch I it. I know. I've been like I've watched it a few times. <laughs> I have a list of like seven that I need to get through and I'm like, it's not been the right time yet, which it's I know really that's funny. Crazy. It's just for the people who ha- haven't seen it, it's us literally laugh crying out of our minds. We don't even know who we are. And I forgot I was filming it. So it's just a, a wonderfully raw emotion that you people most people don't usually see. <laughs> so yeah. And we're cool. also, I'm laying face down on the sidewalk with a bunch of like, trash around us, which we did pick up, by the way, that we didn't just leave this trash out like everyone else. Like we did clean up after ourselves, but it's definitely like a big party that we had at every little stop. It was glorious. Awesome. Well, well thank you so much for sharing your big dumb ride with us today. Of course. Everyone sign up for it. It's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. We had fun. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.